Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It's Monday, great sports weekend, and we got a lot to talk about. Give us a ring, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails to Today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us, get involved, get in touch with us, you know what I mean? Ray so much to talk about. We got a Maj Paj to bounce around. Before we get to this NBA, though, we got some breaking news in the NFL. And your boy from the Patriots, Robert Kraft, responded. But I want to ask you about the Miami Dolphins and them signing their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, the first of his draft class, not the best of his draft class, but the first of his draft class, six years, $96 million. Too much? Does he deserve it? What's your take for the Miami Dolphins and Hank's favorite team? I think they had to do it. You have to say a bird in a hand is worth two in the bushes, whatever the whatever that saying is. <laughs> and right right now, you got to think to yourself: if they didn't have Ryan Tannehill, where would they be? And mm. they're probably good enough that they're not going to be drafting in the first round anyway in any way that they can get a top 10, 15 pick. Now, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, and, you know, Joe Montana, and there's other people that haven't been. But generally, you build your franchise with a quarterback, and generally that quarterback's a first-round pick. So I think it's a good move. And $16 million, the cost of doing business, that's what that's – what that's what quarterbacks make. I mean, the really, really elite one make make twenty. You know, Joe Flacco makes twenty million, and that's off that. No, Super no, Bowl definitely. Run. So well, I, think, I thought I think it's, it's fascinating, the right though. You're totally right, and I think it's fascinating, Why, did though, you think that, that luck... they weren't going to do it. No, it's just that remember during the season, uh, Philbin put him on front street and sort of didn't announce him as the starter, and kind of put the kid in limbo. They don't make the playoffs again. Um, so I just think that there's, you know, a lot going on there. Um, I I want to see what Luck and Wilson get. You know, obviously, RG3 got his extension for one year, but not the right. full extension. Um, you know, the team option, which is $16 million. So, But I, I just I, – I'm very curious to find out because right now there's rumors that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are $40 million apart. They want to give him 80 and he wants 120 so does he wind up Over sort of with years? Kaepernick and Tannehill? Over uh, how many years? I, I, I assume it's going to be Four. like everybody else, six years, you know. I think they would go with the full deal. The six years is what's been everybody's been getting. So I don't know. I, yeah. I just think it would be fascinating. And then, of course, the legendary defensive tackle, Justin Smith, ex-Bangle, ex-Niner, and the Niners lose another great defender. We thought this would happen, but it's official. Um, great, very, very underrated player. I think he allowed Alden Smith and those linebackers to have the stats that they had because he, Justin Smith, was always double-teamed. 
So um hate to see him go. Um, great Niners defensive tackle and um, hard to replace, you know, definitely. So underrated. I, I just wanted to bring those up. Yeah, of all, definitely underrated. And then Robert Kraft, your thoughts on, on just, just him coming out so strong, believing in Brady, quite, you know, de- debating uh, with, you know, Peter King, a money-winning quarterback, debating on whether or not he potentially might, and, you know, this doesn't happen where the a team and the owner sues the NFL if he might, you know, come back. I, I feel like the Patriots are guns a-blazing, and they're going to fight this to the courts, to the whole nine, and I just don't know when enough will be enough. We'll see how it all plays out. What, what are your thoughts about Kraft, Goodell, the relationship, and just where we're headed? Well, this might be one where he has to do it, Robert Kraft. He thinks he has to do it anyway, where he needs to save face. It's You know what it is? It's like in baseball when the manager gets thrown out. You know, when when the guy gets caught stealing or when somebody makes a controversial play and your player's about to argue and then your player gets thrown out and then the manager for solidarity go, goes and gets thrown out. I think it's one of those. I don't know that, that Bob Kraft really, really feels slighted by the NFL and, you know, whatever. I think he's probably just doing this for Tom Brady and Belichick to show his support. And, and worse comes to worse, even if he gets the four games, he says, look, we won four Super Bowls together. You're always my guys. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. And we're in it together. But let me ask you this, because I think in a way maybe he is pissed and maybe he does believe Tom. And the one question that nobody's answering that I, I just don't get, and he didn't even answer it with Peter King, is why these guys are suspended indefinitely uh, Yastrzemski and, and McNally, and if they didn't do anything wrong, why would they be suspended? That That's the one thing that nobody's explaining and just doesn't add up, even in the Patriots' own defense. And then when you say you're talking about deflating in reference to weight, everybody, you know, you lose credibility. So I guess we'll just see. We have to wait to see how it all plays out. But I think he, he might believe in Tom, and Tom might believe in himself that maybe he – didn't really say anything, but they, you know, put the balls how he liked it, and he liked it underweight, so they said, let's keep it underweight because that's how he likes it. I don't know. It's just crazy at this point. But I think they've got to stop it at some point because are you going to go into the preseason and the Hall of Fame and everything this summer in August where Brady's still in court to, to maybe get no games or one game? I mean, is this? I mean, come on. I, I, I think I don't know. But, yeah, this you is know. where the the greater good <laughs> is served with a final decision. Either way, whatever it is, just got to put this behind you because this does nothing for football. This is just not productive at all. And I don't think it plays into you know any publicity is good publicity even when it's bad publicity. I in this point I disagree because we're talking about the integrity of the game. And this allows, look, say Vincent wrote op-ed, other people are talking about it from other sports, and you're allowing the NBA and the MLB and other sports to kind of point fingers and chip away at you. No, nobody's going to touch the NFL, the $12 billion a year, yada, yada, yada. But why give other sports the opportunity to be like, yeah, this isn't on the up and up? So people will be like, if, if your sport's not an up and up, that's when you lose everything. Fantasy football, you lose gambling. That's the one thing that and they cannot lose in that aspect, you know what I mean? Right. 
So let's talk basketball, baby. Break it down for me, Ray. The Rockets advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Why? What did you think happened? Did the Clippers implode? Are they going to get broken up? What, what, what do you say? So you know what? <clears throat> I have to start giving credit to these Rockets. I actually thought uh, that they would have. finish third. <laughs> And I thought that they would go to the playoffs. So I got to pat myself on the back from the beginning and say, look, I didn't think this Rocket team was as bad as some people had predicted. Yes, having like said that. that. Having said that, though, I didn't think this Rocket team was a conference finals Rocket team. I thought, you know, especially when especially they got with two Josh starters Smith, injured. Yeah. With two starters injured, they lose Chandler Parsons in the beginning of the season. They and Monty Eunice goes down, and Patrick Beverly goes down, and they get Josh Smith. So when they got Josh Smith, we both said, "Hmm, this could be interesting." You know, Prisioni's a role player, so that's fine. But when they got Josh Smith, we and said, I love the Corey uh, Brewer move. Remember, I said that Brewer on the air. Brewer's a role like player, one. wing player, but you thought to yourself, "All right, you know, is this the Josh Smith from the Atlanta days?" Well. Not only is it the Josh Smith from the Atlanta days, it's the Josh Smith from the AAU Atlanta days where he's throwing <laughs> alley-oops to his boy, Dwight Howard. To his and play cousin. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know if this series says more about Houston or more about the Clippers um, being mm. up 3-1 and not being able to close out. That's why everybody out there, when you're listening, your team is up 3-2. to Forget about 3-1. Three, three, Right, you're up three one. No, but you sure got to close, close out game out. five. But definitely, you got to close home. It's game six. Right, you gotta. close home, home close six. Because you can't go on the road. And the problem was Houston just shot bananas in the first half. And that Clipper team, I give them credit. They always seem to keep their composure, but they just yes. gave themselves too big of a hole, too big of a hole, and they couldn't bounce out. So you know what? Give the Rockets credit. They are there. They don't go away. They're tougher than we thought. James Harden is better than we give him credit for. You know, you and I both voted for him for MVP. Oh yeah, I, no, I no, thought we, he was we, the MVP. Yeah. And, and he might and be able Harden, to justify it. You know. Yes, and and it's it's great. It's funny that we have one two one two in both conferences, yeah. but we have one two in the West. <laughs> and you know what? Both of these teams earned it. And it's pretty interesting that Golden State. I, I, I can't help but chuckle that Golden State gets to play the Rockets. Even though it's one versus two, I think they would have lost to the Clippers or the Spurs, and they get to play the Rockets. So so the biggest beneficiary of this is Golden State. I think that Andrew Oh, Bowie they have to be bang. happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, they have yeah. to be happy. Oh, yeah. Because let me tell you, they, they, they already struggled against the Spurs, and I think the the veteran lineup and, and the inside out with Duncan and, and Parker being savvy and Ginobili, that would have been scary. And I think, to be honest, as much as we love Draymond Green, I don't think he really has an answer for Blake. And DeAndre Jordan Bogut is really a wash in the sense that I don't think either scoring on the other so much. And Jordan, to me, you know, he – he does whatever Bogut does and a little bit more because Bogut doesn't get 20 and 20 sometimes like Jordan does or, you know, three blocks and 10 points and 21 rebounds, and Jordan gives you that. So I think they really lucked out. But then you wonder, are they lucking out? Because one thing Houston has, they hit threes like the Warriors. Yeah, they're not getting Beverly and Munster Eunice back, but guess what? Corey Brewer and Ariza are great 
Trevor Ariza are great wing defenders. Harden is hard to guard for Clay Thompson or Curry. And Jason Terry still savvy, and so is Pablo. Not to say that they're going to, you know, stop Livingston and Curry but, and Barbosa, but you know what? They, they, uh, they got a little something, those guys. And Terry and Pablo, one thing you saw from both of them, they can hit the three. This Rocket team hits the three like nobody's business. And at the end of the day, Dwight Howard – he has got to if he if he does his twenty and twenty one and flexes his muscle on Bogut, I think the Rockets have a legitimate shot in this series. But Houston has to hit the three pointers. I want to ask you this before we give a prediction and we go to the East to wrap up and put a bow on the Clippers. They can't do much because of salary cap restrictions. They're going to keep Jordan. They have to sign him. Doc already said that. I, I think Jordan probably wants to stay. If you have to get rid of Reddick or Barnes or Crawford to bring in somebody, or if you have to give Jordan a little bit less than a max so you can do the mid-level, do you subtract from this team at all? Or do you say, Jordan, stay here. We'll you know, give you maybe a little bit less, but then we can get the mid-level guy and, and add to the bench. Because the problem is, these guys are run down by Game 7, Ray. The bench was exhausted. They don't have a legit backup point guard. I told you, and we said this before, that they needed an improvement at, in the perimeter for the three. And Big Baby and Hawes didn't play that much, and they were injured and, and didn't help. So what, 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 can, Doc, what can Doc they're do, up, the GM? But they're up 3-1, and they could have won, and they could have been in the finals, and they could beat Golden State, and they, I still think they could be a champion. This team, as constructed, can be an NBA champion. Now, the problem is the West is a crapshoot. You know, you get a bad matchup, you get a bad, uh, a bad call, year a good year, call. Yeah. Year and OKC's year, coming lost, back like They could have lost in the first stuff. round oh. to the Clippers. I still keep saying, to the Spurs, I still keep saying that was a coin flip. You know, and the, the Spurs could have won a national, uh, national could have okay, won an so NBA wait, title. Okay, so when you say that, so, you say that, all the more reason that they have to do something. And if the something is just saying, Jordan, take two to three million less instead of the max, and we can sign, I don't know, you're not going to get a Wesley Matthews, but let's, I don't know, just a random role player that can come in and play the three, or do you try to move somebody? Do you try to say, you know, maybe it's time to see if we can uh, wave Barnes and, and, and get somebody else or younger or something? I, I, I don't know. I'm just Matt throwing Barnes. it out there. Here's the thing. I think you need Matt Barnes because I think the only tough people on that team are Chris Paul and Matt Barnes. And Blake Griffin is not tough enough. I think he's. I think he's skilled, and I think he's talented and yeah. he's gifted. But he's, he's turning he the corner though. Internally, maybe tough internally, but he's not your outward leader toughness. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's soft. I'm not saying he's weak. I'm just saying he is a type of player that doesn't really lead by example. So I think you need a Matt Barnes on that team. To me. It's between Jamal okay. Crawford. If you're going to get rid of somebody, it's between Jamal Crawford and J.J. Redick. Now, you love J.J. Redick's ability just to purely shoot and purely score, and he had that 31-point game, and he had a few games where he hit uh, eight, or what is it, eight, six, six seven, and eight three-pointers. So, you know, I don't know. Is there a market for it was horrible in game seven. Maybe you need an upgrade to Jamal Crawford. You certainly need a backup point guard because Chris yes. Paul is logging too many minutes. So that's that's for sure. The question. But that's is, where what Dr. Do you do the GM's got to be ripped a little, right? Don't you have to rip Dr. GM? 
he look he he signed Jordan Farmer and 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 then released him didn't even keep him you get Spencer Hawes you don't play him um you know people said that maybe in off season they should have gone I thought they should have gone after Paul Pierce or maybe even sign little Nate Robinson because then you would have had some more umph off the bench. Remember, but they I said had that. guys, right? They had Jared Dudley, and they had. Um, and they shouldn't have got rid of Dudley. They probably should have kept Dudley. The, yeah, and they had your boy. Oh, well, he's never been the same since he tore up his leg. But uh, your boy from uh, from the Pacers. Um, oh man, his name is slipping. Uh, the guy who got oh, hurt. Oh, Danny Granger. They let him go. Danny Granger, yeah. and they let him go. So they had, you know, some answers at the three, and they just let him go. You're right, you're right. Doc has to make some minor changes, but I still think when you roll out the ball, it's, it's kind of like you know what I keep oh, saying yeah. about LeBron, where it's like I have LeBron and you don't, so therefore I'm at an advantage. So right, if and I'm the, the their West, three is just as good as anybody's yeah, and three. Yeah, I have Definitely, Jordan, yeah. Griffin, and Paul. Forget about everybody else. You're not better than I am. I mean, you know, right there, my big three is up with anybody. So then you just have to find the right role players. And maybe Jamal Crawford is a year or two past his prime as, you know, sixth man of the year. Maybe you need a guy that can contribute in more ways, right? Jamal Crawford used to play a little bit of point, you know, at Michigan and, and at the Knicks and, and in the beginning of his career. Maybe He's either really good or really player. bad. That's my problem yeah. with Crawford. And and so I feel like Reddick that can contribute in more ways, that can create for other people. So that's part of the problem is is if Blake Griffin wasn't so outstanding and Chris Paul wasn't so outstanding, you would realize their offense is pretty terrible. You know, they they don't run sets that that are productive sets. If I feel like it's basically pick and roll Chris Paul creating for others or Blake Griffin just being more athletic than you are. Right. And now he develops they, a seventeen they, foot jumper. They so run curls and they do pick and pops. They, they do yeah. for Reddick. I feel like for Reddick and, and a yeah. little bit, but I, I just feel like you know, it's hard to put your finger on what's missing on this team. I mean, can can you really say that a backup point guard holds you back from winning an NBA title? Um I don't know. Again, I think you, know, you have again, to have a bench. You got to. We got to call it. We got to uh, let him come in and talk about the NBA with us. But I, I think that you have to be able to go eight or nine deep. You have to. Here, let's see. Let's see what our caller has to say. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. Hey, what's going on, Ray and Tay? It's old Luke, man. How you doing? Oh, old Luke. What's, what's up, up man? <laughs> oh, we gotta uh, talk he, about the East. We gotta uh, talk about what a, Paul Pierce. <laughs> what a loss. Are you? Did you recover yet, though? I recovered. Man. Have you recovered yet? I really have. I, I, you know, hearing you guys talk about the West, the problems in the East too, and it's you know, I, well, for the Wizards, they just got outcoached, man. Then to me, they got outcoached yeah. because Whitman, he finally put Sarafin in a do or die game. Where was he at the entire time before that? Where was Kurt, where was um Humphreys at? Where yeah. they needed boards, those two guys were getting ten plus boards a game. Or, you know, Dumfries was averaging almost 10 boards a game. Why was he on the bench every game of the series? I have no idea. Because if he was in that game where Paul Pierce hit that shot, you had another rebounder. And no, that's a great point. That way. You know, so yeah, when Harper got that tip in, yeah. You know, it, it's about no, being a right. coach to get that level. Can we, can we give Paul Pierce credit? I have not seen yeah. – 
a guy, maybe since Amazing. Bernard King, this is dating us, and back in 1984, yeah. a guy be so clutch in a losing effort. You know, because usually you say, oh, your clutch Pierce guy wins the game for you and whatever, but Pierce basically won two games. I mean, a quarter of a second cost him, you know, one game, and an Al Horford rebound cost him another game, and only yep. won three games in that series. The game he actually yeah. won, the game yep. he yeah. should have won, and the game that was I just called game, not bank. Late. I called game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, he's listen, and you hope he comes back. I guess what for his 18th season, he played 17 seasons. He's a warrior. He's a winner, and I think he's. And remember, I said this, and it's finally coming. He's taught Otto Porter how to play. Otto Porter is going to be fine now. He's looking better, and he's still instilling in Beal and Wall how you have to play in the playoffs and how you have to step up and hit big shots. And I think I I actually. Like the Bulls want to get rid of Thibodeau, uh, you know, I could debate that. Randy Whitman, I might move on from Whitman, and I might get somebody else, and this team is just a player or two away. And I hope Paul comes back because I think in this East, they've got a legitimate shot at least to be in the finals or, you know, Eastern Conference finals or the NBA finals. You know, of course, you've got to battle through LeBron, but I love the, the youth of this team. Mixed in with the vets. But remember, Nene disappeared. All the more reason why uh, uh, um, Seraphin should have been playing. You're right. Oh, I mean, it was ridiculous. Because what he did was really – he didn't. he's not the only player that cost him the game, but in the clutch he cost him the game, missing the two free throws. That layup yeah. he had when it was like 10 seconds left. So they give it to Bradley Beal, who was basically carrying him on their back. The last three minutes, yeah. he didn't get the ball to Bradley Beal at all. Which I understand, and that's again coaching. <laughs> Call a timeout, give him the ball. He's the person getting the ball, and remind the players of that. He has got a big extension, so you're not going to get rid of him. He's got to hopefully. Get and Nay, and Nay, Nay, to better. me makes too much money for his production. When Seraphin oh, can make, he makes what probably half of that. And Seraphin gives you a lot. Seraphin is younger, not the injuries, and he, he's really a live body on the glass, especially offensive rebounds. He's almost like Tristan Thompson, your version yep. of it. So, you know. So, look, we've we got to talk about these two series, though. I mean, okay. can the Rockets shock the world and upset the Warriors? What, do you, what oh, are you thinking? It's not shocking the world. It's a 57-win team. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we don't stop give them it. You, wait, wait. You, you, wait, wait. You <laughs> stop that. Let's not go by records. Nobody in this world right now, if you go to Vegas, nobody's putting money down on Houston unless you're Kevin no. McHale's family or you're from Houston. <laughs> Stop but they're the number two seed. They want to care what the seeds are. Who's betting on Houston right now? The West. They earned it. They earned it. We keep this in this team. We need to. We need to watch our mouths collectively. Listen, well, two, got you know, two starters you out. Give them problems, but the problem with what Golden State's going to have is that Dwight Howard and Josh Smith going to be the problems for them. Now, Dwight Howard probably more because I think. Um, uh, can't think of his name. They're power forward. He can he can D up on on Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Like Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah Draymond Green. But it's going to be Bogut. Bogut has to really show up in this series for them to do something. But when they're hitting threes like that, it's going to be difficult for Houston to keep up with them. Just because Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are going to just light them up. I believe they they don't play good. And if they if they do what Mikel did last time, which is get that bench out there, which I think he deserves a really good uh, accolades what he did. Because if it, it turned oh, yeah. out bad, Mikhail's been coaching his butt off. Yeah, I mean to have the moxie to say, "Put my MVP candidate on the bench and let the bench run it." Yeah, and bring that, him that back. was huge. 
That was so huge and amazing to do that. So then you get the Rockets a shot, or were you you taking Warriors and six? Give me a, give me a prediction. Warriors and six. I got Warriors and six. I don't. I just think that they they have too much going for them right now, and they will okay, Ray. that Memphis. Memphis series and they they're gonna be ready for the Rockets. That's fair, Ray. Will you? Will you? I know you going Warriors. How many games? Yeah, I gotta say Warriors. You know what? I'm gonna say Warriors in seven. I'm gonna say this is gonna be a brutal series because as great as Thompson and Steph Curry are, they're not the most unguardable player in this series. That's James Harden because James Harden finds a way to go to the free throw line ten to twelve times a game. He's gonna do it in the playoffs. They're gonna slow the game down and. They're gonna win in Golden State. They'll lose at home too. But I think I think this game, this series goes seven. A really good series. And you and those what? jump shooters, I tell you, on both sides can go hot and cold. I listen. I I agree with you. Seven games. But because I've been kicking the can and kicking the Rockets down the block. I'm going to go for the upset pick, baby, and I'm riding with the AAU brothers, and I'm rolling out with Dwight Howard to find some manhood, Josh Smith to remember, sniff under his arms and remember that he is the man. Harden, Pablo, Terry, Corey Brewer, Trevor Reza, and two ex-Knicks, baby, Reza and Pablo. And and let's not talk about the ex-Knicks on Cleveland because that's what it's all about. The Knicks are going to the finals. I'm going to take Houston in seven, and and, and I'm going with the Houston Knicks, and they're making it to the NBA finals. That's my pick. Let's go to the East. Let's go to the East. Ray, why why could the Hawks beat the Cavs? The Hawks can beat the Cavs because the Cavs are banged up. And the Cavs are one injury away from really being so much more, you know, sidelined than any other team has been in a long time. I mean, they might have LeBron and this might be back to, we'll talk about this in a sec, this might be back to like the 2007 Cavs if Kyrie Irving can't play, you know, if he's at 50%. So, that's how the Hawks beat them. Teamwork, execution, home court advantage. Now, my prediction is the Cavs will win, but the Hawks can <laughs> win this series if they execute and if they play really, really hard and potentially, you know, you get a, you get an injury, another injury. I mean, the whole Cavs team is injured. They're in the, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're got the Epsom salts and they got the sh- – the shock stimulation and everything, but I, I got the Cavs winning. I got the Cavs winning. I got the Cavs mm. actually winning it five. Mm. Five? Wow. Five. Oh, what you yeah. thinking, man? I don't. I see the Hawks, man. I, you see the Hawks winning. Wow. Okay. I, and the reason I see the Hawks because I see they're gonna have a problem with Horford and Millsap because uh, Moskov is not gonna be able to stay out of foul trouble, and once that happens going to be a problem because the, 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 the Cavs are able to assert, assert their will in the Bulls because no, nowhere is not really a scorer, and Todd Gibson is a maybe scorer. Bill Stapp and Horford can score, and that's going to be the big yeah. difference. So and you go, when you go to front court, that's always – every LeBron team is always – except the Miami where you had Chris Bosh is always somewhat of a problem with holding the front court people. And I think that they're going to exploit those, you know, exploit those things, and, and he's going to have to have 30-point games every night. He's banged up. Is he going to be able to do that every game without having an off game? If he has an off game. With Damari Carroll sticking him, not a bad defender. Yeah. 
So, you know, you got – they're not banged up. They're probably the least banged up of all the East teams. They're least banged up in the Cavs, let's just say. And the Cavs, like so, you said, they won more in the from really getting, getting, getting trounced out of there. I see the, the Hawks in six, and the only reason I say that the Hawks may get – if they get caught in the light of saying they've never been here before, that could be the problem for them. You know, that's the only problem I see happening with them. But I think the Washington series helped them really get over that hump, and now they can come in. And Kyrie Irving is an X factor. If he doesn't he is. step up. You know I mean, what? I, I can't be mad at you for picking the Hawks in six. Um, Hawks, like the Warriors, have the home court advantage. I'm going to say Cavs in six, and I'm going to say that the 3X Knicks, Mozgov, Smith, and Shumpert continue to surprise and play well. Tristan Thompson is the best offensive rebounder left in the playoffs, and he's playing out of his mind, and that is going to eliminate some of what Millsap and, and Hartford do in terms of what Thompson can do. LeBron is going to play great defense. Jeff Teague is inconsistent. Now, Della Vadova is not going to be scoring 19 in any of these games again, but if he can give you 12 to 15, and there will be times where Shumpert is going to have to score a little more, maybe play a little point, and they go with a big lineup of Shumpert, you know, Smith, LeBron, Thompson, and, you know, whoever else, Jones or Thompson, and maybe you see old man Perkins wake up. Who knows? But just remember, LeBron can play against Millsap. Millsap's not a big four. So I think that's where LeBron has an edge because LeBron is bigger than Millsap. And to me, that's where you could hurt the, the Cavs, but I don't think the Hawks can. And Teague is too inconsistent. So to me, I, I got the Cavs in six. I think the Hawks, you know, win one at home, maybe win one in Cleveland, and then the Cavs win um, game six at home and finish them off. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun. Well, I guess well, I'm going to see if, if your boy is going to be holding somebody down low, which he doesn't like to do. So we're going to see how that happens. So he can hold him. Pound for pound, he's the biggest dude to play forward in the in, in the series right now out of anybody. But he doesn't like holding on the other end, big forward. So True. I think it's going to be that's going to be it's going to be an exciting series. I think it's not going to be any less than six games either way it goes. You know, I keep I keep saying this, and I wonder if if we'll even see it in the. Conference semifinal, uh, conference finals, or in the NBA finals, is the fact that LeBron James. You can get on one hand, LeBron James, Trevor Ariza, and Dwight Howard are the only people that have meaningful playoff experience this deep into the playoffs. So mm. I wonder if that's going to affect anybody, or if it's one of those things where nobody has experience, so everybody's pretty much going to you know make, ball, those, yeah. make those first time mistakes, and you know. <laughs> There'll be a lot of runs, I think. There'll be a lot of 10-0 runs, 12-0 runs, you know, because you got a lot of jump shooters in the West, and you got a lot of inexperience all around. So it should be interesting. Well, I'll give you one more point I just thought about. Remember, that's not an right. David Blatt almost gave up a game if the ref was Yes, he did. <laughs> so yeah. don't, don't think that in the, now it gets more pressure that he won't make another mistake. And Tyrone Lewin way to save him this time. So... Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, I, I've been kind of, uh, I don't, even, it's weird. I could see Blatt not returning next year. I don't know if LeBron is happy with him, and I think he might have enough pull with these guys having these option contracts that he might basically be like, you know what, it's time for Calipari, or give me Tibbs, or, you know, whatever LeBron wants, basically. But I, I just don't see, uh, I don't see Blatt lasting, you know. I don't, so... 
<laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's, it's a mess to see it happen, man. Oh, I'm sorry about your winners, though, man. Hey, you know, hey, it's been it's rough in D.C. The the, the Capitals, has. the Nationals oh. started slow, but they're picking yeah. up. So D, D.C. Yeah. will be screaming soon. All right, fellas. Well, take it easy, man. All right, man. All right. Take care. Thanks okay. for the great call, as usual. All right. So, real quick, man, let's bounce around. American Farrell does his thing in the rain, in the Preakness in Baltimore. Great to see that, you know, after Baltimore, what they've been through in the last month or so. Um, you know, great for the town. The place was packed in that storm. And we've got somebody that really has a legit shot at the Triple Crown if he can handle the Belmont, you know, the Belmont with the, the distance. Were you surprised that American Farrell's dominant win? You know, I... I didn't predict it, and I was kind of going with the underdog, but I guess you shouldn't be surprised if the guy dominated in, at Churchill Downs. He dominated at Pimlico, and, again, like you said, distance has always been the bugaboo. So we've had, what, 12, 13 times since yeah, California Chrome last year was right there. Yeah, that we've got a winner of the first two legs of the Triple Crown. So it'll be very interesting, you know what I mean? We've been in this movie before, we'll talk about it, but, uh, you know, maybe i got a sneaky suspicion that American Pharaoh, like Pharaoh Munch, will deliver. I mean, he might just do it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Get i, I got to do more research. <laughs> i got to do yeah, more research Yeah, I think it might be time. Distance. It might be time. But remember the complaint last year the California Chrome's owner had when he lost his composure that – there's horses that haven't run the first two that just run into Belmont and they're fresher horses. Uh, and that can always be something that, you know, trips up American Pharaoh. We don't know. So we'll have to right. wait and see who's running in the field and stuff. And then we got to talk real quick before we get into MLB and our segment with the worst NBA teams in the NBA final history or in the last 35 years. Um, or were we wrong or could we be wrong after the first two games? And now Tampa's, uh, well, I think Tampa's up again with uh, Tampa winning the Lightning. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Rangers winning game one. And then also the Anaheim Ducks, four to one. I mean, they, they locked up Patrick Kane. And you got to give Anaheim a lot of credit. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, we both went with the Lightning and the Blackhawks. And that's not what happened. The rain, I mean, lightning up now, one nothing over the Rangers. But what are your thoughts after game one? You know what? We made predictions because we had to. But these are four excellent teams. And there's definitely, no reason definitely. that, you know, you can flip a coin and have any matchup. So I'm still sticking with my with my predictions. But with the lightning, Lark's yeah. twist is is unbelievable, and he's playing really well. And Tampa speed, you know. But if you, if you contain Tampa speed and you contain their their scores, you you know they can be beaten. So I like I still like Tampa in the East, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers win. And you know what, the Anaheim Ducks are a good team. They're they're a big, physical, strong team. And again, it's it's speed versus versus strength. So it, it's a, it's a battle of wills and it's a battle of styles, you know. And there's no reason to think that Atlanta couldn't win. I mean, uh, uh, Anaheim couldn't win in, in six or seven. I'm still sticking with my original picks, though. We'll check in next week. We'll see if I change my tune, but I'm still sticking with <laughs> So let's take a quick game. break. We'll, 
we'll come back with our segment and then finish with MLB. But uh, Ray, take a quick break. We'll come back with NBA worst teams in the finals in the last 35 years. Our segment, and you know, at Ray and T, we like to just look at things from all angles, and it is quite possible that we're going to have a finals that has some really new talent, really young players, and in historical perspective, there may not be they may not be great teams. So we said, you know what? Let's look back and look at some of the worst teams to make a finals over the last 30, 35 years in the modern era of basketball. And there have been some that are very debatable, Ray, in terms of, you know. You don't know how they uh, got there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, as we get ready to start, I want to say this, because this team might be the number one, you know, and maybe we work our way one down. But I I, got to tip my hat to – a young man who was listed at six feet one sixty. I met him in person outside of a party in, in DC area. I'm five eleven. He was probably my height or shorter. And his name is Alan Iverson from Newport News Beach, Virginia, the Hampton area. I saw the documentary on Showtime. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. One of the most fascinating documentaries and basketball and you know little short films I've seen in a long time Allen Iverson went through a lot some was his fault some was not but I think he's actually sort of like Isaiah Thomas and I guess this happens with the little guards like Tiny Archibald over history he's been disrespected and it's got to stop And we know how amazing this guy was, the MVP in 2001. Um, And when we look at these teams, we both would have to agree, whether it's one or two, and I would say probably one. We'll work our way down. What do you think? I I think that Iverson took the worst team to the NBA Finals against the Lakers in 2000-2001 season. And in a series that they should have been swept – they actually won game one, Ray, because Iverson That was a step something... over Tyron Blue <laughs> game. Yo, forty eight points. Nobody I mean, come on. I mean that was that was crazy. I mean, to me I mean, you tell him that team, Snow, Lynch, Tyrone Hill. Was it Todd McCullough, Ray? Was that mid season trade that, that really propelled that team into you know, he had that great that great all-star game when he had 21 rebounds or so, something like that in the all-star game. But you're right. If you look at that team, you know, we do this with Patrick Ewing and we say, who's the next best player Patrick's played with? Well, Uh. who's the next best player that Allen Iverson played with? And in that season, it was Dikembe Mutombo. So he was a great defender, shot blocker, rebounder. Didn't give you much on offense. But then you go to the next best player. 
and it's even debatable who that was. Was it George Lynch? And you know we got love for him because he's a Carolina guy. Yeah. Was, oh, it, yeah. was it Snow? Was it, you know, who was who could it? not have shot. Eric Snow, I love the defense. but gutsy and and a leader and everything, but if he's your third best player, or if George George Lynch Lynch couldn't hit a three at the small forward, Tyrone Hill was already, you know, on the downside of his career. T-Time has some great years, but he was already, you know, heading down when he was on that Sixers team. So it was really Iverson and a bunch of role players. Nobody's. It's amazing. You looked at that team at any point in the season, and if somebody told you they would represent the Eastern Conference, you'd say, what? Not And don't forget Todd McCullough. And did, did that team Todd have – Todd McCullough was banged up a little bit, and then yes, he was fighting yeah, he injuries was the whole up. season. Was, did they have Larry Hughes or no? I don't know no, if they had No, no, I think he came team. later, no. Okay, yeah. I mean, oh, Aaron McKee. Oh, gosh. Another inconsistent shooter. You know, um, I guess it was really like their, you know, their sort of guy to come off the bench and sometimes start. I think that would have to go down as, as probably the worst team. And I think Allen Iverson, not just winning MVP, but all that he did uh, was just great. But you know what? This guy, Allen, could have played in the NFL. That's how good this kid was, right, at football and basketball. I mean, and the way that they tried to railroad him and, you know, put the kid in jail in high school, it was just, it was criminal. The whole thing was just ridiculous. But he fought back, helped Tom Brokoff, actually, uh, his interview helped him get out and got pardoned from the governor, Doug Wilder, at the time. So it's just a fascinating story and just, you know, his whole experience. And we know how the career ended where he didn't really want to humble himself to come off the bench. And he could have been a great six-man, but just didn't want to do it, and then wound up back in Philly, and then obviously his daughter was sick and very sad. So who would you put number two? Because I think we both might agree that it might have to be LeBron James and those Cavaliers in 06, 07, and what he did. 07, yeah, we we talked about that. It might just be. And they did get swept by San Antonio, so they didn't, you know, even win a game in the finals. <laughs> but just Nothing. getting to the finals, you know, was was pretty amazing. This was in LeBron's, would have been his, what, third season in the NBA? Oh, three or four was number one. Five, six, this yeah. was his fourth season in the NBA. So kudos to that. But, yeah, you look at that team and you look at who do they have? I mean, they had Booby Gibson was an Anderson Varejo. I mean, who were their next best players? You had a, a, an inconsistent and always hurt Zajunas Ilgowskis. Yeah. Um, so, so his next best player and the next two after that, Mo Williams. I mean, this team was really, really lacking really legitimate. Talent. No shooters. No one else, you know, even average close to you know twenty. It's not like he had a second player with him. He he had no help and nobody to spread the court. You know how now his game has changed where he penetrates and kicks out to different guys and, and what they did in Miami and surrounded him with shooters. That wasn't there in Cleveland. <laughs> it, was nothing. No. It, was like, it was like a ghost town. And this is why everybody, and for people who don't really know why he left Cleveland, it wasn't a good team and nobody was coming to play with him there. And that's why he went to Miami. And you know what? He did the right thing. 
And he equated it to going away to college for four years. Well, it's a great analogy, and it was really uh, turned out to be true because he learned how to win in college, uh, which was <laughs> Pat Riley in South Beach with Dwayne Wade. So this is where it gets sticky. If you had a debate for three, and you could pick a lot. We could go to the Nets. We could go to the, the, the Magic. We could go to a Nick team. Who, who do you think would be the, the third worst? So, I have to say, I would have to say the Nets. I mean, they had players. Now, Jason Kidd's a Hall of Famer. But even Jason Kidd on that team was... was Now, which Nets? Because, you know, we got got 01-02 or 02-03. They're pretty much the same team. I think one, though, Kenyon Martin was healthy for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he Kenyon, wasn't. Obviously, when Kenyon is banged up, you're. But they had Kenyon Martin, who was the number one overall pick. So you right. figured, you know, this was in the beginning of his career, and they had. And we had forty nine wins Kittles. in oh two or three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, our guy. Yeah. We love Kerry Kittles. Kerry Kittles, a lot of respect. You know, Villanova product. Kendall Gill. Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson. <laughs> so. You know, these were all, again, role players. If you think yeah, at least that team had a Hall of Famer. Now, the other team that comes close is that Orlando Magic team. And, you know, if Dwight Howard eventually wins a title, then and, and we could argue if that's going to happen because I know you called him out. But um, if Dwight Howard wins a title, then you could say, oh, all right, that's another, you know, guy that could potentially go down as a Hall of Famer. But, well, Dwight's team. a Hall of Famer. I think Dwight is out without question Dwight is a Hall of Famer. Famer. But you, a winner, and he a got winner, a team to know. the finals that was horrible. He did. Do you remember Adama Foyle, uh, Brian oh, Cook, um, yes. Keith Bogans, uh, who else was on there? Rafer um, Austin was their point yes. guard because <laughs> Tony got Bateen. hurt. Jameer <laughs> Nelson got hurt. And there That's was that right. big debate when Jameer Nelson was going to come back. They were like, should we let Skip – Run the team, or yes. do we get Jameer Nelson? A young, a young JJ Redick, right? Young JJ Redick, who was not really good yet, um, and Michael Pietras and and Turkaloo. Yes, Pietras and Turkaloo turned out to be their two best players besides Dwight. Tyrone well, Lewis was there, who was the coach. Oh the yeah, Lewis, I'm sorry, Rashard Lewis. Now he did make an All Star game. But here's the thing: we have to everybody. Give, what, uh, for better or for worse, everybody peaked in that series or in that <laughs> season. Playoff because runs, Rashard yes. Lewis went and signed that big contract and then really never lived up to it. And then Turkaloo hit the wall. He's still in the league, but he really hit the wall. Also signed a big contract, hit the wall. Petrus never developed into more than just a role player. Jameer Nelson really didn't develop into a star, you know, point guard. He just also kind of hit the decline. And Courtney Lee has never played uh, up to that level again. If you think yeah, about it, Courtney Lee's been very Courtney inconsistent. Lee coming out of college. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know if it's a bunch of overachievers or if a bunch of guys are just maxed out and they played their best and they won a game, right? They won four. They lost 4-1 to the Lakers. Yes, yeah, 4-1. So we could put them in the nets in three and four. I, I think both those teams – you know, obviously that net team in 0203 for only 49 wins. 
You know, it's fascinating because these teams were not so good, but when we look back, and it, it might be hard for us to admit it, but you could look at the Rockets in 86, right, against against Bird, um, maybe, you know, but you they could really look at our Knicks. And Samson. Well, yeah, no. And I then after the that, they fell, well. off, they fell off significantly. Well, that's right, what I mean, that. Robert Reed. You know, I mean, you know, Samson. Yeah, Samson, if you compare, is better than Richard Lewis. But, I mean, most of these teams, what they have in common is one great player. And maybe we have to say it, our, our 94 Knicks. Do you want to admit to that? Or our 98, well, 99 Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. Because well, that's when Patrick goes down. Patrick goes down. We lose, what, 4-1 to the Spurs? Yeah. And you're going with Houston, Sprewell, Ward, Childs, Camby. And Herb Williams. And and a banged up Larry Johnson. That team was really, I mean, if Patrick could have played, that might have been a difference. But this might be, and remember, we were the eighth seed, right? This is the year that yeah. we, we upset the Miami It was Heat. in the strike season. Yeah. We were yeah, what, so that, uh, that team, you're right. 27 that team, and that 23, so that team, yeah. I think we have to throw our Nick team in there as uh, in the top five. Now, that team was near and dear to our heart, though, because they, you know, they came from the A seed at 27 and 23, and Houston hit that shot uh, with the pullback and hit the, 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 the three to beat the Miami Heat, and, and away we went in the playoffs. But we, we were not that great of a team. No, no, it wasn't. Even even the '94 team. I mean, you could argue again. Who's your yeah. next best player after Patrick? Is it right? Oakley? Was it Oakley? Was it Mason? You know, the team started out with Doc Rivers as its point guard, and then he gets hurt. Yep, and Derek right? Harper. And then Derek Harper comes over and does his thing. But then, who was your next best guy? Right? Then you had Derek Harper, and you had Childs, and you had. Uh, um, and yeah, no, aging. we didn't have Childs back then. We had Stark. Oh no, no, that's right. You had an yeah. aging. Rolando Blackman. Uh, who didn't get to play at all. Yeah. They didn't really play Roe. Pat Riley Pat Riley made me crazy with those rotations. John Stark, and the he bench. loved his guys. He shortened it uh, up. What is, John three Stark. for 18 or three for 19? What does Starks do you to us? You know what, though? You know what, though? <laughs> He's the only one uh, that wanted it. I, I keep saying, uh, I keep saying, he only he, you got to want the ball. So if you're Patrick Ewing, you were outplayed by Akeem all series. That's okay. But you got to want the ball. You have to want, and even if you create for others, you got to want. And Starks was the only person that wanted the ball. At least that's the way I recall the game, and we watched that game together. Yes, we did, and it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking because um, I felt like that Houston team. If we went and did the worst five teams that won it, I, I don't think that Houston team was so great either. Um, to be honest with yeah, you, yeah, that was the team before. They got Drexler the next year. Before they got Drexler. And that was just Otis Smith. I mean, Otis Thorpe, our guy, right? Kenny Smith, Sam Cassell. Um, you know, that was not a great championship not at uh, all. pedigree. So Robert for Ory us as Knicks there. fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ori again, right? Yeah, You he followed did his the, thing. the rings at uh, Ori. rings. <laughs> Ori. No, you can't be mad at Big Shot Bob. He's he's always around. So, 
You know, look, it, it, it's a lot of fun. We came up with those teams, Knicks, Nets, Magic, Cavs, Sixers. And you know what? They all have in common Hall of Famers. Iverson, LeBron, Jason Kidd. You know, I guess Patrick helped him to get the Knicks there, if you want to say Patrick, and Dwight Howard. And, you know, those are great players, but they had to do heroic jobs to get really not great teams. I bet if we'd have to go back and look at the teams that didn't make the finals those years to see who, you know, really who was – because there were teams that were better. That should have made it. You know, that that should have made it. So let's, let's finish up strong with some MLB. You know, it's been neglected a little bit with all the stuff that's been going on with football and basketball. I think Harvey's on the mound now. It's an event, I think, in New York now. Harvey's one of the, you know, biggest draws, you know, whenever he pitches. Um, But I wanted to ask you about the Cardinals, the Dodgers, obviously the New Blood Astros. Right now... You know, the the Nats and Cubs are starting to make runs at the Mets and, and the Cardinals a little bit. But do you feel that, um, just in the NL, do you, do you feel that the the Cards and the Dodgers are just going to run away with their divisions? So it's hard to see any team coming out of there and challenging either of those two. I mean, every one of those teams has flaws and maybe they're going after the the wild card. And we made our predictions earlier in this season. We both liked uh, San Diego. You were higher on the Cubs than I was. I actually thought that uh, in the East, you know, everybody thought the Nationals would run away and hide with it. But I got to tell you, this this season is is turning out to be really interesting, especially in the American League. But I, I think in the National oh, yeah. League, I think the Astros I think the, the Cardinals and the Dodgers are going to run away with it. The San Francisco Giants, who I thought would be terrible, are actually in second place, which is which is very disturbing if you're the Dodgers because you're like these guys, you can't get rid of these guys. The Giants are like that 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 cousin that that doesn't leave the barbecue. You're like well, Come you on, know, man, it's over. But clutch hitting, and 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 then they find up, uh, they wind up always finding another starter here or there to 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 pitch, and and you know I, I give the Giants a lot of credit. You know the Giants are just a great organization, and I believe the Padres will surpass them eventually. But right now, you just got to give them a, a, a lot of credit, yeah. and obviously and the D-backs the and Rockies are struggling. I think in the East, the Nationals are, are putting it together, and it's just a matter of time. Again, even even with Strasburg being hurt and you know potentially having some question marks they're so much better than the Braves the Mets the Mar- the Marlins who just fired their coach did you hear that the, yes, the Marlins Redmond's GM gone. is now going to be the Dan coach Dan Jennings right yeah, that's Dan crazy. Jennings that's, uh, that is crazy so i thought i thought that's a little bit crazy but the thing that kills me is that these teams we'll talk about the American League next time but in the National League the, the the big surprise I gotta say is the Chicago Cubs. I thought they were a year a year away, and they're, no, they're right doing better now, than even I thought. Yeah. Right now they're tied. I mean they 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 almost have the same record as the Mets. So and the Mets are leading their division. They just happen to be sitting in the same division as the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have the best record in the American League, and in fact in all the baseball. So what's wrong uh, with yeah, the Pirates? Hey, take though? Your hat are you surprised the Pirates are playing under eight hundred? Uh, isn't there five hundred ball eighteen and twenty? 
Um, you know, the Reds aren't that much better, but the Pirates and Reds, I feel like they gotta they gotta turn it around. Yeah, Pirates pitching was always a question mark, and then when Andrew McCutcheon starts off the year at like 180 for the first, yeah. you know, however many games that was, 30, 40 games, that's, that's got to be tough. He's batting, what, 220, 230 right now, so he's starting to put it together. Yeah. So they had they had a really slow start. I think they'll be okay. I just don't know they'll be much over 500. I mean, maybe they'll win 83, 84 games. Yeah, well, you know what I, we gotta we got to definitely do? is applaud our man, Miguel Cabrera, for getting his 400th home run. And you know what? That even would warm your heart. He surpassed Andres Galarraga as the leading home run hitter from Venezuela. And I know that you used to, lo- you used okay. to love some Andres, the big cat, Andres Galarraga. That was your guy. Underrated Him. as a ball player, uh, underrated playing great defense, hitter. and he was a great, great player. The cat, you know, I think one day we might have to look at like that all expo team because I, I think people don't remember, and you and I do, all the talent that the Montreal Expos have had over the years before they sort of went into being the Nationals. From Dawson to Tim Raines to Randy Johnson to all the different pitchers and hitters over the year, years, um, the Montreal Expos were amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You look back on it. And so they got I, I, so many bad breaks. Like in 94, uh, when the yes, baseball the strike. strike happened, they were in first place in the National League, and the Yankees <laughs> were in first place in the American yes. League. And then Remember Larry whole, Walker. Yes, Larry Walker, Pedro Martinez. They had so many players. They couldn't keep them financially, so they couldn't, you know, sign those deals. So, you know, just something. But, you know, you young kids that listen to the show, we know we got some young kids listening, even 20-somethings and teenagers. Just Google the Montreal Expos and, uh, you know, look at their all-time roster. or or, Yeah, yeah. look at – in fact, do this. Make up your all – Montreal Expo team. I mean, obviously you'll have Ooh. some guys, some some old school players, right? Like uh, uh, Gary Carter and Dawson, stuff like that. But just oh, look up, look up the Expos and look up the yeah. players that they had in the seventies and eighties, and then in the late eighties, early nineties, before the team kind of yeah. went deep into you know oblivion. But look at the pitchers that they had. Look at the Amazing. players that they had. And that farm system, yeah. whoever ran that farm system, needs to get a lot of credit. I'll say this as, as we're leaving and ending the show. The Houston Astros are on pace to have their franchise best record ever, and that has got to be exciting. And Houston sports right now is off the chain with the Astros. The Texans are looking on the upswing with their coach and their offseason signings. And and then the the Houston Rockets. So kudos to Houston. We tip your hat and and um, have fun, Houston. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the ride. You know, yeah, it, man. It's nice when your city three sports make a make an upswing at the same time. That's yeah, exciting. New York. We used to we used to dominate for a while, and New York has been hurting for a little, little bit, Ray. So we got to get it back. So great show. Thanks for the callers, and thanks for O calling in, and a good good talk about these uh, picks. Ray is rolling with the Warriors and Cavs. Tay is going with the Rockets and the Upset and Cavs. Got to pick it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday.
you have a great sports week. We'll see you at the end of the week. Ray and Tay, talking sports and friends.